Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Inside the bounds of this holy book. 
God, you know why I'm preaching this this morning, and I really don't know what you know. You help our people grow, God. You help us, help me grow. And I'll praise you for it. God, there's a lost one here today. Please, God, save them. I don't want nobody to go to hell. God, they can, they can hear about grace and be gloriously saved. I'm going to do the best I can, but I can't do it without you. But I do all things through you. So bless this word for thy sake. In my Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We'll preach on the all grown up chapter 3 of 2 Peter being the last recorded word or written word that we have of Peter. Now the last words that someone speaks is very important. I mean, it is, it's, it's, uh, Paul is much like this. Paul said, hey, the time of my departure is at hand. I'm ready to be offered up. I'm ready to go. Peter's writing some things and I don't think the last thing Peter says to us would be very important. And as to what if Peter died in Rome, and you can read, I, I read a bunch of history yesterday, and whether he died in Rome at the hand of Nero, or whether he died another time, whether he buried under the basilica over there, I don't know exactly where he's at and other than I believe he's in heaven today. And, and, but what's important are these last words that Peter spoke to us here. Now, Titus is going to come on the scene here just a few years out from this. Five, maybe six years less according to some. Some things it's less than that. But, but, but uh, Titus is going to show up and he's going to wipe these people out. I mean, they got something to be warned about. They need to know. They, they, they need to grow. I, I preached a message one time, no growing show. That'll preach. But hey, look, we're going down a different road today. But they need to know what to, what's ahead of them. Because there's all kinds of things being said here about religion and about Christ and about the resurrection and about the things present and the things to come. I mean, there's all kinds of, it's not like, it's exactly like today. All kinds of things being said today. Dennis, when they know something's wrong with them, some of them's going to see the wrong people. They're going to see the wrong folk. Peter said, here, I want you to know something. So in this last chapter, there is, there is a, just a, a great number of things that we need to know in this last chapter. I'll outline it down just quickly. Today, I promise I will. So the last word, written words of Peter, first thing he tells us in this chapter is to stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. In other words, don't forget what you know. What is the Jimmyism? My what's my learner? My forgetters getting ahead of my learner. That's Jimmyism 101. He says, stir up your pure mind. But the things you bring them into remembrance, the things you know, so you don't forget. Knowledge is here. It's something, the word knowledge here is something, something learned and kept in mind. How do we do that? We do it by repetition. How many times have we studied Acts? How many times have we studied Matthew? How many times have I read the Bible? I'm about to finish the last chapter again in Revelation, and I'm not far being done in the Old Testament. How, I don't know. 
But you know what I'm going to do when I get the revelation and read that last chapter? I'm flipping it right back over to Matthew 1 and I'm starting her again. Why is that? Stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. Then he tells them this. Why would Peter tell them that? Because Peter had to do it. Then you're going to find this, that the scoffers in the last days, and here's Brother Bob trying to say, where's the promise of his coming? Oh, I thought he was coming. Brother, we've heard it all our lives. I've heard it longer than you because I'm old. But my mom and my dad heard it before me. And, and some of the grandpas heard it before them. Hey, he's a coming. He's a coming. Where is the promise of his coming? And I can prove by this prophetic statement that the evolutionist, the, the Bible, speaks against it because the scoffers say all things continue as they were from the creation. That knocks evolution in the head from the scoffers. The scoffers dispute uh, evolution. All things continue as they were from the creation. So we have the scoffers. Do you know any scoffers today? Then we have this. We come on down, then we're going to see this. This is one of the most profound. That he, he repeats something that's said in the psalm, but he said a thousand years as, as a day with the Lord and a day as a thousand years. Now Peter's telling us this, to keep this in our pure mind. What does that tell us today? Well, that tells us that if, if we're six, we're in about day six. We're about we're 6,000 years from Adam. Maybe a little over. We're, six, we're on the sixth day. He's telling us that so we'll understand this in our pure minds that God rested on the seventh day. How close is this thing if we're on the sixth day? And a thousand years is like one day before. He's not limited by space or time. So like a thousand years. So, so it's only been it's only been a couple of days ago that Jesus was crucified. Chew on that for a minute. Then we have then we have the Lord is long suffering. I never why why this hasn't occurred to me before to us. Who's the us? That's exactly who he is. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. To us work. He speak, he's long suffering. But I say that's extended not only to he's writing to the born again, to the saved, to those that are scattered abroad, but it's also, you want to know, you want to know while the child molester doesn't do something and God strikes him dead, he's long suffering. What, what if, what, Jimmy, what if when I had a heart feeling or said something negative against or harsh to a brother, he didn't just cut my tongue out of my head or strike me dead, he's lonesome. And so he wants us to repent. And that's not something you say, it's something you do. Confession is something you say. Repentance, you've heard me say it, I'm going this way, and all of a sudden... I'm going this way. 
I'm not going, I'm not, I have turned away from that. That's true repentance. To turn from. And it's something, it's something, it's an, it's an action. It's something you do. Then we come to this. This is a, this, this is a difficult passage of scripture. He said that the heavens and earth is going to melt away with the fervent heat. The day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. We know that's not pre-rapture. Now some of my some of my friends and acquaintances think it is, but we know better than that. This is not pre-rapture. And it's it, if if there's gonna be a millennial kingdom and if there's gonna be a marriage supper in heaven, it can't be, listen, it can't be it can't be before the millennial reign. Because in the millennial reign, the angel told Mary, said, here, he's going to sit on the throne of his father David. Jesus never done that in the first trip. And if it's all destroyed, there wouldn't be no place to sit where David sat. So he had, there has to be a time when he's going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem, praise God, and reign for a thousand years or that I, the book's wrong. The book said that's going to happen. It's going to happen. Amen. God cannot lie. That's but the day of the Lord, what is that day? Well, a day's like a thousand years. So the day's going to come. The day's going to close. So what's going to happen at the end of the millennial reign? The devil is loose for a season. He's loose for a season. And I'm not going to get into all why that's going to happen. We'll have a private discussion if you want to call me, and I'll tell you why I think that is. But he's going to be loose for a season, and there's going to be some, there's going to be some, Brother Gordon, that's going to follow that message. After Christ reigned and ruling with rock iron for a thousand years, they're going to pick up the ten followers. But then, but then John said this. Oh, in the Revelation, he said this. He said, I saw heaven and earth flat. They fled away from him as having no place. Oh, well, when's that? That's right at the great white throne church. Now, this is when the rest of the dead are called up. I didn't know I was getting into all this this morning, but somebody here today must be confused. That's when the rest of the dead, the lost, are being called up. If you're saved, you'll never be judged at the great white throne. You can read the list of who judged the dead. I saw death and hell give it up. That's the spiritual and the natural come back together. Death and hell gave up the dead. The, the small and the great. And it all stand before the great white throne. And the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And those which were not found written in the book of life were cast in to the lake of fire. And then old John says this, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Woo! So, in my opinion, that's got to be the time that Peter's talking about right there. Now, that none of that, that has not happened as of yet, we're still here. 
So Peter says, I want you to do something. Here's the last thing he says to us when he's leaving. I want you to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look, the grace is the gift. Paul's very plain about that. We are saved by grace through faith that not accept it is the what? Gift of God. Not works what he mentioned. Both we know gift is the grace. We know that it's given us. So that is the it is the gift. That's the thing given. But the object of our knowledge has to be Christ. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to grow in knowledge of Him. Why would He want us to grow in knowledge, Randy? So we will become more like Him. I wish I was more like you. I'm sorry that I'm not more like you. I'm too much old like. One of these days, praise God, he's going to kill this thing I'm living in. I mean, he's going to let me get hit by a bus, a truck, or cancer, something's going to happen, and I'm going to just, I'm going to go, I'm leaving you. And old like's not going to be a problem anymore. So the last thing he says to do is to grow in grace and knowledge. I'll have you out here before Cracker Barrel closes today. <laughs> so that tells me this, number one, that tells me that growth is necessary. Growth is necessary. I don't have any babies in here, but I'm careful. I'm looking at them. They're all downstairs, aren't they? I've got a little friend back there that's just about this close to let me carry her. About this close. Growth is necessary, Paul. We, we can't, listen, let's go through the life of a Christian. Except, uh, except you become his little children and be born again. You can't go. Why would you not tell us to be born again and become a little child? We've got to get in our mind like a little child. And children believe what you tell them. If I told Colin boy, hey, Pocky, jump over this house, he'd say, do it. <laughs> Let's see, Pocky. He wouldn't say you can't. He believes what I tell him. When I tell him, Paul loves Colin boy, he'll just smile. I know him. I know Paul. We begin as little children. We are born. We become babes in Christ. Look, novice, that's why, that's why someone's a novice. They don't need to take a church. They don't need to teach a Sunday school class. There's a lot of things they don't need to do, they can't do. It's going to train wreck them and the other people around them. That's a no, 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 no. Paul said that to Timothy. Okay. We become like his little children. And then you know what's going to happen? There's the necessity of growth. Growth is necessary. It's got to be, God does not expect us to stay as little children. The last thing old Peter tells us, why would Peter say that? Let me tell you, Pat and I had this discussion yesterday afternoon. You know what? Peter, Peter was the guy that spoke when he should have kept his mouth shut. 
And, and when, he, when he shouldn't fight, he did. And then when he should, he wouldn't. And he done all these things. He done all these things that everybody, he's done. He's, he is, he's out front, Peter, the out front guy. But then at Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fills him, now Jesus walked and breathed on him and said, Receive you the Holy Ghost, and he put it on them, but on Pentecost he put it in them. And he put it in them, and from that day on, when old Peter got the Holy Ghost, I mean, when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, yeah. Peter wasn't the same guy anymore. That's right. So Peter could look at us as Christians to this day and say, you don't have the excuse that I had. I made all them childish mistakes before I was ever filled with the Spirit. But once I got filled with the Spirit, I was a different fellow. Hey, listen, that's what God expects. That's why Peter wrote, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. It's necessary. Hosea said this in 4 and 6, my people are destroyed for the lack of what? Knowledge. They just wouldn't learn. I don't know what Colin's first word was. I think it was pop, but it probably was something else. But Joe Beth was trying to get him to say something. You know how the Facebook memories fly up? Facebook isn't bad for everything. There's some good things about it. And here's that picture, and he's a little bitty rascal. And Joe Beth, in her tender voice, is saying, I think she's trying to get the same mama. And he's just going, bye, 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 bye. Now he's four years old. What if I ask him a question and he goes, bye, 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 bye? I'd say, What's wrong with you, boy? Answer me. Because we can ask him to do something now. And he'll go, literally. <laughs> literally. When I was four years old, I didn't know what literally was. I don't want to say, he doesn't want us to say we're destroyed. Many are destroyed because of this. That carries through all the way through the word of God. That thing carries through. We've got to know. Growth is necessary. We can't stay we can't stay in this place. We've got to grow more. I said this over an old sanctuary and quoted it. I don't know if this original saying or not. First time I heard of it is what I thought of it. But if, if my church doesn't grow under me, it'll grow over me. It has to grow under me. And I have to continually grow in order to feed you because milk don't do it for a lot of you anymore. First Corinthians, here's what Paul said. How do we grow? How growth is necessary and how do we grow? Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. So we grow in grace and in the knowledge. Without the grace, there's no growth. The grace is the very thing that enables us to grow in the knowledge. Now, that so we, here we go. Growth is necessary. Number two, growth is this. Growth is noticeable. Why, why would he tell them to grow? So people, what we learned today in Sunday school, we learned that, that they looked at them and they were ignorant and unlearned men. 
But they knew something about him. They knew they'd been with Jesus. And being with Jesus changed everything about him. Hey, it was noticeable. There's something different about this bunch right here. Why? Because they're not walking around sucking their thumb and asking them to get their doctor changed. They, get, they got the goods. They got it. It's noticeable. You know what Colin does? He wants to walk over to the door post, the door jail, and let her make a new mark. And he might do this on his toes. Mark, Mark, hey! And here's what we say. You remember when you was a kid and you'd see your relatives that you only seen about once or twice a year? And what was the old saying? You're growing like a We all know.
That's a poor analogy. My nephew had the big wheel, drug it up the ladder, and got it on the roof when it was about to ride it off the roof when they caught it. I thought if they'd let him go, he'd never done that again. Like that childish thing. You can hurt children's feelings. We got we got three or four Kimbers in here. It's it's unreal. We got that's, a, that's not a common name. We got three or four in one congregation, praise God. But Kimber number three, I'll name her that probably do the other before. Uh, she come running up to me and said, look what I made today. I said, no, that's beautiful. Yeah. She said, well, I didn't make this, the dog. <laughs> I was assuming that. <laughs> She's making it clear what she made, but I made this. I said, that is beautiful. Now, I could have been a jerk and said, that's the stupidest thing I ever said. That's the way some people, parents, treat their children. Yeah. Talk negative to them. My word, they're never going to grow. They're not it's not going to develop their mind. They're going to have a complex about them. You brag on that child. You tell them how to break down. When they fail, tell them, say, you can do better next time. I'll help you do that. I'm proud of you for trying. Love. What if Jesus told you how stupid you were? Oh, my. Fear not, little flock. This time here, I'll put you on the shoulder. I'll carry you around the Bible. When you can't walk on your own, I'll take care of you. Praise God, that's the way it ought to be. It's noticeable when they grow up. And then, then they quit calling another night. I know I'm using him a lot, but he's my perfect example for his message. He told us, he told us, he said, hey, you don't have to lay down with me anymore. <laughs> I know what I need to turn on. He's got noisemakers and fish lamps and all kinds of stuff he likes. I know what to turn on, and I'm just going there and lay down by myself. Okay? He's growing up. It's noticeable. But old Paul wrote me the other night. You know what he said? Paul can cut language and people <laughs> Granny come in there, Paul's crashed plumb out. He's still flipping channels on the TV. <laughs> Noticeable. People notice you. You grow. It's necessary. It's noticeable. You know what you'll notice? You'll notice this. Uh, look, look, they start out on Sunday morning, then they show up on Sunday night. You say, look here. And then Wednesday, Bubba. Show up on Wednesday. They say, look at this. They're here on Wednesday night. Tired of me. Most of the time, you come on Wednesday night, I'm going to preach something sweet. Let's God just really. Puts me in the closet and rings me out. If you come on Wednesday night, every night I've got to give you something that's a little rough. Usually it's exhortation on Wednesday night. Sunday morning, so Sunday morning's always rough. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. Growth is noticeable. They see you. So, when I was out of the will of God, as far out of the will of God, Marty and I played the stupid bluebird in Nashville. I'm ashamed of that. We got up, we played down there, 
We played some college campuses and doing some stuff. When I got over here and tried to do something for God, I was so nervous, they wanted to get me a chair so I could sit down and play. I couldn't play. My hands shook so bad I couldn't even cord the guitar. Or the enemy coming against me. When I wanted to grow. But then I got past that. How do you do that? You just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. You don't quit. You just keep on. And you don't do it for yourself. Well, hey. I've done it for myself for a long time. But one of the things that made me so nervous is I knew who I was trying to do it for. And it was hard to do it for him because I bumped him. And I didn't want to bump him. Avery called me one day. He said, Preacher, said, I'm telling you, I can't sing. He said, I just make a mess out of singing. I get up trying to sing. I just start crying. I can't. I said, Son, that's when God's using you the greatest. Because, listen, no flesh can glory in his presence. If it brings glory to you, he's not a thousand miles within you. You don't care if you cry. You don't care if you mess up. Because you're not doing it for you or yourself or the congregation. You're doing it for him. You know what? If you're doing it for him, he don't care how big a flop you are. Drove his nose for last today. Drove his knees. I, I, I told Pat I'm preaching another word on this. I said, here's my Here's the three points tomorrow. What do you think? And I told her what the third one was. She shot another word back at me. She said, but that doesn't line up with your, your other words, does it? I like, to, I like to alliterate stuff. It's easier for me to remember to preach it, and it's easier for you to remember when you heard it. You don't have to do that. When you preach it five-storily, we don't do that. But if you outline something, it's preached topically. Normally we do but I'm waiting. when I sat down at this table this morning, praise God, help me. It was the first word that came on my mind. Growth sometimes is neglect. You know why we fail to grow? You know why that baby won't grow? The only reason that baby won't grow is if you don't feed it. You feed that baby, and here was my word I was going to use, and it will naturally grow. But you know what we can neglect to do, Brother Brands? Feed ourselves. Because he didn't say grow in grace and knowledge until you're 45. He didn't say grow in grace and knowledge until you're 60. He didn't say grow in grace and knowledge until you're 80 years old. He said grow in grace and knowledge, the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. But what it's going to do, listen, when we continue to grow and it's noticed by others, it brings glory to God. <coughs> Paul said in 1 Timothy 4 14, he said, Neglect not the gift of teaching. Now I know he's talking to a young preacher there, and that, but the Bible is too certain ones, but it's for everyone. And I know people, and, and God help us in the modern church. This is the problem. They think if you can't preach, teach, sing, or get noticed, get up front and do that, that you're not, that you're not, you're not gifted. 
That's not true. I'd rather, hear some, I'd rather have somebody that can pray than somebody that can preach a sermon. I'm going to read the Word of God and be in the I love preaching. It stirs me up sometimes. I get real sometimes. I like it. Tim Crabble and Jim Hooker told me when they let me back and said, you want to miss most of that training you did? Her prayers. I'm going to miss that. Some people are natural prayers. Wesley Campbell said when he came here that night, he went in prayer with us. He said, is that yours? I told him the stories. He'd heard me hear his stories. Now he's used them all over America. And he said, is that yours? I said, that's him. He said, can I pray by him? I said, he don't care. He said, I don't wear by he said, I, I, he said, I didn't pray and I was just listening. Hope that's okay. And I said, he won't care. And he said, when he started, he said, do you know what he said? I said, I have no idea. He said, Lord, this is yours. I said, he's on a first name basis. <laughs> God knew it was. This is yours. He said, my. He said, really, after that, he said, I didn't get my chest what he said. He said, I was crying so hard, I couldn't hardly understand what he said. He said, but I'm telling you, he's pointing into heaven. <laughs> Give me one of them guys. <laughs> Don't neglect that gift. Say, I can't do that. If you pray, you can do more than most people. Pray. Don't neglect the gift. Why? Because you grow when you start using what you do. You'll grow. You know what he said? I'm going to preach this message again here one of these times. God will help me do it. It's on the, on the body parts. Some of you might remember me preaching a message on body parts. And the part of the body that's most important is the uncommon part. That's the part you can't see. That's the internal parts. So it's not the birds and the gals and men and the people up here doing leading worship and doing that stuff that gets more done. It's the, according to Paul, it's the uncommon parts. It's the people you never heard sing a song. You never heard them give a message, but every now and then you hear them testify. And it'll set the world on fire for you too. Don't neglect it. Why is that preacher not done for you? Come on. Here's what Paul said he wanted to know. If we grow in grace and acknowledge the Lord, we'll get to this place. Philippians 3.10 is one of Junior's favorite verses. I've heard him quote this at least 50 times and probably more. That I may know him and the power of what? And the what? And what else? We stop right there, General. And the fellowship of his sufferings. The fellowship means that I'm enjoying, I am joined in with him. And the fellowship of his sufferings. You know what suffering does? It grows us. Dennis, you always have a little jump in you. But you've got more jump now. I walked by and smacked old Danny on the shoulder this morning. I didn't have to say nothing. I didn't have to say nothing to him. I just had to look at him. Danny led up from here to here. That last scan was good, wasn't it? Yeah. 
grow just a little bit. And I may know him. And the power. I know. I grow in that knowledge. I may know him. How do I know him? I know him when I'm hurt, when I can't talk. Nobody is. I mean, when I'm suffering and I think I'm going to die, I think my heart's going to burst in my chest. And all of a sudden, I feel the arm of God wrap around me. I tell you, I feel like I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof. I have grown, son. That's what he wants us to do. In the fellowship of his suffering. And all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall no, no. We're not jumping, shouting, running around the building this morning, but you can't, we can't live on jumping, shouting. There's got to be times. Colin, Colin does not want to stay four years old. You know what he's talking about, Michael? His birthday. I'm about to be five, Paul. Five. Oh, yeah. Now that's a, in his mind, his little cousin, his little cousin got up and sang yesterday, young man. Colin's sitting there, she sings this song. That's the pastor's daughter, Colin's cousin. Colin looked over at his grandma and said, that made tears come in my eyes. And she said, it broke the waterfall down and he just I pray nearly every day, not every day, but nearly every day, that God give him an excellent spirit of the Lord. I don't care if he never makes no money. And don't bother me. You know what I want him to have? An excellent spirit of the Lord. I seen your grandson watching the feet the other day. It's old. Flashback, Facebook memory. We're right here, and there's that little boy, this foot in the paint, washing feet. That's what he wants us to do. Stand up with me today. Bow your heads. I'm about to pray. I'll give you everything God gave me now. Some, some things I didn't know I was going to do. You know what we say? And the doctor told us this about Dusty when he was a little boy. And you, I thought he was going to be six foot tall. He just never made it. Had too many short jeans in his family. But he was complaining about pains all the time in his leg. And we took him to the doctor. The doctor said, that's, literally, that's growing pains. It's, he's growing fast. And when it, when it grows fast, it causes pains. Sometimes there's growing pains. I think that's the fellowship of his suffering. Randall, lead me verse one, a verse in course of this. Let's see what God does with this invitation. If you're here and you're unsaved today, you're not that baby, and you're not going to make it to heaven. 
unless you be born again. You must be born again unless you are not. If you haven't been born again, heaven's not your home. And if you understand what I just said, if you have the knowledge to understand that, God's put that up on you and give you a heart to understand that. And without, listen, then you are obligated to do something with it. He's going to lead us in a verse and course of song. And if you need to pray, you're welcome to come. Father, I love you. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.